This message is brought to you by this excellent church. We excel at reshaping people's values and reconciling men to God. You're about to hear peace and preach. Be blessed. Word of God. In two hours, 21 minutes. We'll go to, ah, I've just started. <laughs> After two hours, 21 minutes. So let me not drag them too much till I finish my own and I finish on time. But let's see how this goes. How are you, church? How was your week? Um, today is 6th of March. So this is the first time we are seeing this March, yeah? How have the first two months of the year been? Fast, 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 fast. Well, you know, like almost 20% of the year is already gone, right? And um, it's good to be here. It's good to see all of you. Hi, my name is Ijoma, in case you don't know who I am. I will, I will give you a packet. And it's a pleasure to have you. To everybody online, or MixLR, right? To be mindful of people's data. But those of you on MixLR, on YouTube, everywhere, it is um, a pleasure to have you this morning. I bring Calvary greetings from our daddy, Gio, who is um, unavoidably absent this morning. Where we'll get to the point where He'll be streaming live from wherever he is, but till then, um, he sent his regards, right? Um, and so we're just going to jump right into today. The first thing I want to say is um, everything you're going to hear this morning, it's important that you set your heart right um, to how you receive. It's very, very important. Because I don't know um, how you see me, what you think about me. Maybe this Tetis mom or P. Sam's wife or um, just another woman. Like, who is this person wearing red like the blood of Jesus? What does she have to say? But for the next couple of minutes, I need you to just give me benefit of the doubt that God is going to speak through me this morning and that you're going to receive something from God. It's very important. That's why um, there's one example that Pisam keeps using to say one of the things that strengthens him sometimes and is one of the things that gives credibility to the gospel is the fact that Jesus' brothers believed in him. How many of you here have siblings? If your younger brother comes today, and starts telling you one shekiniko, shekiniko. What will you do? Like, I've got siblings. You people can be cruel. Ah! I'm saying you people as if I'm not, I don't have siblings myself. Growing up. Nobody can make fun of you in this world. More than your brother or your sister. Ah, they will drag your shirt anywhere, any. There's this meme that used to circulate once that um, tagged that friend that no matter, if, even if you are the president of the country, the person will still drag you where you are. So this is my, these are my, all of them, they are my siblings. They will just open the asshole rock like that. Eh, big head. <laughs> right? And I'm saying that I don't know how you see me. I don't know what you think of me. But I know for a fact that sometimes that thing can affect how you receive. Um, but I want you to kind of, again, give me the benefit of, of the doubt. For like the next one are Open your heart to receive God, what God will have you here this morning. If not, there's no point. It's just, you're just hearing another, I just hearing one fine girl, if I do say so myself. Right? You're just hearing one fine girl talking. You can as well bring out your phone and watch Netflix. But if you bring out your phone and watch Netflix, I will drag you. But anyway, so it's very important for the next one hour. To ready your heart so that you can receive from God. Okay? Do we have a deal? All right. Our topic this morning. <laughs> How many of you saw the flyer? <laughs> What's the topic this morning? A potential slash deposit of force that moves. I love it. What do you think about that topic? I was deliberate, right, about... I'm giving that topic because I've seen something happen. I've done it myself. 
where if I told you today the topic is um, loving God with all your heart, you would preach the message in your you would have finished my sermon for me. And it might not be what I want to say. Especially if you are a veteran Christian like myself. Do you know who I call veteran Christian? People that were born into Christianity. They are, they've not known any other... What are you telling me? I can, from, from, from 30s age, we've gone through Bible school. People like that, are, before you finish, stay one scripture, they've finished it for you. That's what I call veterans. Veteran Christians. Ah, they are one of the most difficult set of people to preach to. They will preach a message for you. I kid you not. I'll give you an example. When we did buy the deep, right? And um, of course, you know, we circulated everything. I saw a message where <laughs> someone already preached it. <laughs> As in, for real, just preached the whole message. Ah, I know what they are going to say. This, 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 this. I said, ha, ah, I finished my message for me. And... Funny enough, it was a little right, but it wasn't totally right. So that was part of my reasons for changing um, the topic. This one, the way Paul will say, this one, I did it by my own self. This is not that God told me, write a deposit. Not necessarily, but of course, with allowance of the Spirit, I did it. To say, I don't want people to know what I'm saying. So now let me tell you what I want to say. Romans 1 verse 16. That is what our topic for today actually is. <laughs> Um, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. It is the deposit, it is the potential of God that moves. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation. That is my topic for today. So how many of you have preached it in your mind already? Not real. Okay, let's move. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation, right? And it's something that, again, if you, how many of us are familiar with that scripture? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, right? Yeah, even some nice, cool merch with, I'm not ashamed, not ashamed, and different things like that. Nice stuff, right? Um, but it's something that I want to encourage us about this morning. <coughs> the gospel is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. What that means is inherent in the gospel is the power of God to save. The gospel of Christ is the power of God. So we're going to take that one by one. Right? Most times when we think about the power of God, and I say, um, if I come and say this meeting is a meeting of the power of God, let's be honest. I like having interact interactive sessions. Let's be honest. If I say this meeting is a meeting of the power of God, most of you will probably think in your mind, ah, there's going to be moves today. Person will fly today. Ah, power. I'm going to see power. I see my, you understand, my attire. If I do like this, for all of you with this thing, even if you don't want to go, what do you mean? The power. And it's not our fault, yeah. And I'm not saying that that's not the power of God. Oh, please don't mistake what I'm saying. But most times when we think about the power of God, that's what we are thinking about. But, and it's true, right? It's display signs and wonders. We love to see things like that. It's a display of the power of God that gets to us. If for nothing, it gets your attention. If you, had to come, if you came to this meeting and the first thing I did was, let me see, who, who, who needs healing? This one. Just call him out now. I say he's too black. I'm gonna heal him now. Look at him now. Just look at look at him. And becomes yellow like if I now. <laughs> you people get bad as in all of you will look at me like this to everything I want to say. So yes, um signs and wonders are actually very important for getting people's minds. But I want to talk about some other parts of the power of God that sometimes we might not reckon as anything. Let me first start with one. The work of God in nature and how he works things out. We all know it subconsciously that ah, God created the heaven and the earth. But how many of you have really sat down to think about it? That God actually created the heavens and the earth. See, when you think of God, 
what comes to your mind when you close your eyes and you visualize God is very important to how you receive what God is saying. It's very important to how you interpret the words of God that you hear. If when you think of God, you close your eyes and you're seeing somebody with white beard like Santa Claus, there's going to be a problem. If when you close your, mind, your eyes, what you think about is Onrumila Pro Max, there's going to be a problem. When you close your eyes and you think about God, what you visualize, what you, I don't know how you think. Some people think in pictures or words or whatever. Whatever it is that you think about, when you just think about it for a second, when you think about God, what do you think about? Some people falsely will say the universe. And that nonsense. I was about to say some French that people say. Say if the universe allows it. Because they can open their mouth and say God. But think about it. When, people, when you think about God, what do you really think about? One of the best ways and best examples I can use is the maximally great being. What that means is that there is nothing, there is no one, there is no ideology, no idea, no concept that can exist that is greater than God. That's who God is. If you see greatness, the greatest of the greatest, the, great, the words fail me, the maximally great being, that's who God is. And in all the greatness of his power, he created the heaven and the earth. So when we see everything around us, everything is God. Most times, because we might not see somebody walking on the road like this and say, I'm God. There's a way to think about, think and just disregard the things you see around you and think like something that you did not create. Too. You just came to this world and saw it around you and then you are just passing around it thinking like I'm not even reckoning it. Everything is God. Every single thing. God created everything. So when you think about the power of God, you also need to think about everything that God created, every single thing he did. Everything is God. Another reason why this is very important is because... Let me, let me, let me digress a bit and talk about um, the supernatural. And by the supernatural, I mean things... Like, oh, let me... Okay, let me not use the word supernatural. Let me talk about things like signs and wonders. I've heard people say things like, ah, if, 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 if your God is so God or whatever, why can't he come? Why can't he show himself in the sky like this and bring his face and say, hey, what are you doing there? And things like that, right? Signs and wonders. But should I shock you? He has actually done something like that before. And should I tell you what human beings did? After they were shaking and they just said, oh, God. Like some moments later, they went and brought all their earring and melted it and used it to create a cow and start worshipping it. You would have thought that when people see God, like when they experience God, when Moses went up, the Israelites said, go, we don't want to hear this thing. It is, we are too afraid that this is so frightening. Those are people that experienced power. I don't think anybody, we've not in our own dispensation ever experienced what those people went through. But those same people, how many days later, were dancing to Baal? So I want to make a statement here. Hear me very well. And please take what I'm saying as what I'm saying. Reality will trump signs and wonders for breakfast. Let me explain. When people see signs, and they think that you'll see all those things, and they'll feel like, ah, this thing. Uh. There's something called reality. By reality, I mean your day-to-day. You come for this meeting, like I said. I turn Daniel blue or yellow. And you're like, oh, God. Oh God. Tomorrow will come. Next tomorrow will come. Then the day after that, by Friday, you have turned back to Zazu. I promise you. Reality, right, has a way of eating signs and wonders for breakfast. Look at all Jesus did on the earth. For three years, he fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. Have you ever sat down to think about what that would have looked like? People that don't have eye sockets were seeing lame men walking. Leprosy healed. What did that man not do? I mean, he walked on water. 
But before he knew it, next thing, crucify him. And I'm like, where were all the people that were shouting that let's make this man king? That he had to run it. What happened? I mean, Jesus was God. God personified walking on earth, doing signs and wonders. So why I'm saying all of this is some of you might think that today, today, if I see Jesus, my faith, ah, it will be strong. I will never, ever forsake him. See, human beings then, human beings now, we are the same thing. I'll show you now. Human beings have been the same thing. See, if I tell you, this world, they are not dumb more than Sodom and Gomorrah. You people think you've seen uh, iniquity. Oh, God. Human beings are the same. So I promise you, if human beings did it then, human beings will do it now. That is why God is justified to do everything he's doing now. Because he has seen man. He has tested man. Man has shown him. He has shown him his ways fully. If God were to appear on the sky today, there will be a category of people that will give you all kinds of scientific explanation for why it is a figment of our imagination. That all of us maybe mass inhaled some kind of poisonous gas that is making us hallucinate. There will be those set of people. Then there will be those set of people that believe. But what I'm trying to tell you is, plus the ones that give explanation, plus the ones that sit and are crying. Oh, how many of you have been in meetings like that? Let me ask. How many of you have cried in meetings like that? Power. Let me first start. How many of you have been in those type of meetings? On the floor, weeping, God, I would never forsake you. I will watch the people of my life. How are you doing now? How is it? Reality. The, the consistency of day to day. I don't know what the explanation is. That's Pisan's forte. He knows how to he will give you the psycho um, analysis of why human beings behave like that. But me, I know human man, oh God. Ah, man will shame you. So I promise you. And now that I've, I've, I've said that, this is the second part I want to say. I now want you people to understand something. Whether in the display of the supernatural in signs and wonders, or in reality, your day-to-day, God is still God. God is no more powerful when you are seeing display of signs and wonders. God is more, not more um, deliberate about working out his wills his will, true signs and wonders. God is still God in your day to day. Everything I've been saying, that's the point I've been trying to make. In times where God displays true signs and wonders, and in your day to day, God is still God. The reason why it's important that you get this point is, there's something about us, again, like I said, which is also tied to our image of God. There's something about God that wants to give God more rep when we see signs and wonders and moves and things like that than we will in our day-to-day. But God is still God and God is still at work and God is still powerful. Hallelujah. His power is absolute. How many of us, how many of us are science students here? Our only one. Why did you study science? When you hear the, the word absolute, do you know what it means? You should, I don't know if you have a better co- concept or grasp of the word absolute. Absolute is 100%. In science, most times they'll tell you there's no such thing. There. Most times things are 9.9 probability. God is absolute. His power is absolute. And that means that whether it's in size and wonders or it's in your day-to-day, his power is his power. Hallelujah. Follow me, I'm going somewhere. And if you still understand this concept, let me now take it to another level. It's the same way somewhere in our mind we think that God is more powerful in church than he is in our workplace and in our homes. Think about it. These are ways, where, these are ways we have limited God where we think that God's power is only in, number one, signs and wonders, or it's only in the four walls of church. When somebody is holding mic and somebody is pressing things like this for you, mm-hmm. but you know, it will now put, uh, we should put small effects. 
People, you have to not be like this. Now being small, smoke, and light. All those things might make you think that God is more powerful in church than he is at work or in your homes. But I'm sorry. There is no way you can hide from God his power. There's no even in show. There is no way you can hide from the power of God. That's how they killed Jesus. They took him to hell now. They thought that, ah, you cannot get there. Holy Spirit. I'm going to direct a movie one day. Don't worry. People know I like movies. God is no more powerful in church than he is at work. And one of the reasons why I'm saying that is, and this is another message entirely. It was one of the things I w- that were also in my heart, but I'll, I'll try not to digress here. It's also the reason why God is not, God should not be more important in church than he is at your workplace. Or God should not be more important in church than he is at home. Or God should not more, be more important in church than he is on your phone. Because some of you were to open your phone now, and see what you are seeing in your chat, and see what you are browsing inside. It's like, ah, Christianity in the mud. God does not stop his work when you leave the church. God does not lose any viability. Doesn't, the battery doesn't reduce. God is God everywhere. All of all these things where we feel that, oh, let me go and meet God somewhere in church. Everything is in your mind. I'm sorry to tell you. It is. God is God everywhere. He covers the earth. And God's power is displayed everywhere. Everywhere. Think about it. All the darkest places. It's God that knows what people have been doing. Everywhere. He's seen everything. All of them. And he's God in every single thing. And if you understand this thing, you will reckon God as maximally great in your office when you are going to work, when you are driving on Lagos Road too. That one is for me. Because sometimes, uh, let me see, let me see. How many of you have been in the car when I'm driving? Don't go inside. He's God everywhere. So whatever it is that, whatever mindset that you find yourself trying to get into when we get to church, let me go and meet God and all of that. And it's not bad to set your heart right for service. But also set your heart right at your living service to know that I did not stop carrying um, um, the presence of God or however it is you think about it. And I like the fact that we just came out from the kingdom series, series. The kingdom of God is what? The presence of God. It does not stop at church. If you know you carry God on your inside, He's following you inside the toilets. Everywhere you go. Thank you, MTN. Everywhere you go. The kingdom of God is the presence of God. And so, as long as God is ruling this earth, it's His kingdom. Everywhere, there's nowhere. So, if you have that mindset where God is more powerful. That's the first thing I'm saying is God is more powerful when you see the supernatural work than your reality. No. God's power is absolute. One, two, if you think God is more powerful in some certain places, no. God's power is absolute. Hallelujah. Let's talk another about another thing about um, the nature of God. God is also powerful in the rising of the sun and in the raising of the dead. It's the same power at work. The same God that created the heaven and the earth. The same God hasn't, the the power of God has not been increasing gradually. God has always been powerful. If there's nothing you get today, I need you to understand that. God has always been powerful. And the reason why it's important that you understand this is because there is a power of God at work in you. And when you understand that and you acknowledge that, you begin to view your life and view some of the things that God does in your life differently. 
that same great power that raised Christ from the dead is at work in you. And it doesn't just work in church. It doesn't just work when you have moves. That's what I'm trying to say. It's at work in you now. It's at work in you by this time tomorrow. That is the power of God in you. And you need to start acknowledging it. That the same God who raised Christ from the dead, the same God who created the heaven and the earth is the same God at work in me. There's another thing that really affects how we, you know, view God. It's our cultural context. Again, I don't know what idea and that's why, yes, it's good to use um, words to describe God like, um, let me not try Yoruba, so I don't fall flat on my face. But although Yoruba examples are what are coming to mind, where we use words that might have been used in previous time to describe gods in Yoruba, to describe God. Unless you are very sure you know what you're talking about, be careful that you don't take the remnant of what all those things mean and create God in your own image. Ah, how do I say this thing? Your revelation of God, the best person to reveal it to you is the Holy Spirit. We can use human words to try and describe it and all of that. But because all of us are coming from cultural context, it's very important. That's why if you watch a lot of Hollywood nonsense, their own description of God is Thor Pro Max. And if you're not careful, you might also take some of those things, right, um, somewhere at the back of your mind. That's why for some reason, some people feel like they can question God. Not that I'm not saying that they can. You can ask God questions for clarification. But because sometimes people have taken a man-made made in no, man-made image of God as their interpretation of God, there's somewhere at the back of their mind that now makes them think that they can question God. Let me use a good example. How many of you have watched Batman versus Superman, BVS? Ah, oh gosh. I wanted to give one solid example. So in BVS, there was a time where Superman was doing things anyhow, he was just destroying things. And so the Senate said they want to question him, that he must come and show in the Senate and blah, 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 blah. Although it was a plot for something else. And then he actually showed up and came. If you really think about it, there's something about men. I, don't, I won't say it's in this age because I, I believe that human beings have always been the same. But there's something about people, and peop, maybe people are just bolder now, that feel like we need to bring God here. So that God can speak for his crimes. You know, God has not been nice or something like that. You need to be careful about how you view God. So that you don't think that God is subject to your judgment. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, somewhere in your mind you are thinking you can, he's someone that you can question and sit down and like, if your God is so, why did he? If your God is so, uh, we are talking about the maximally great being. So, the reason why I'm saying this is because I think what is responsible for human beings making that mistake is the fact that they have viewed God in their own image. The concept of God that they have is a concept like, that's what I'm saying, something maybe just tall or one strong super being or something like that. That's why they think they can question God. And so those are the little things you need to be careful about so that you don't find yourself viewing God wrongly. Let me give another example that, can, that might make this um, probably come to your mind. It's the same way where, okay, maybe I should stop saying you people because I don't want to believe that you are um, part of those people. It's the same way where I, I've asked this question before. Or maybe I'll ask the question. I'll ask you guys the question later. Or let me just ask now. There's a question I asked once that if you had, if you're all powerful 
and I told you to come and save the earth. How will you do it? I told you that you should come and reconcile the earth to God. Think about it for a second. How do you think you go about it? If you were a mini tyrant like me, I'll come and just be killing people up and down. You, dead. You, dead. You winked at me behind my back. Dead, dead, dead. But think about it for a second. Just think about it. If you were all-powerful, how would you go about reconciling men to God? I almost feel like I want to hear someone's answer. Think about it for a second. Okay, I'll ask for your answer later. And I'll let you know I'm asking for your answer. So yeah, so in this, just like I was saying, how the, the picture and the image you have of God, the reason why it's important and making sure that it's not coming from your cultural context is because of, let, let's read a scripture that will probably describe it better. First Corinthians 118. So we're going to be reading down a bit. We're going to be reading down a bit. So, uh, okay, let me just start. I'm reading from NIV. For the message of Christ is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the, in, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. There is something about, again, I'm going back to the context in which we think, which most times is driven from where we are coming from, what raised us, and all of that. But you need to understand that whatever that context is, this is why you need to always renew your mind. If it's of this world, right, as far as God is concerned, it's most likely foolishness. Because if you leave it to man, that's why I asked you the question, how will you have saved people? If you had left it to the wisdom of man and how men do their things, what they would have come up with would be nowhere near what God did, or what God came up with. That's the point I'm trying to make. When you think about power and the wisdom of God, if you leave it to man, and man's intelligence, and man's wisdom, it's nowhere near what Jesus, what, what God achieved through Christ Jesus. That's the point I'm trying to make. Thank God the scripture is just helping me. Sometimes you just sit down and read the scripture from beginning to end. End of message. Oh, yes, that's the point I'm trying to make. So when I ask you, right, um, I know we are church people, so maybe most of you, your answer will be close to how God achieved it through Jesus. Or if your answer, if you say the truth, if your answer was not close to it, what was the answer? Who wants to, who wants to, <laughs> who wants to give me the answer? How will you, how will you, how will you do it if you were to save man? Jojo. Is it close to what God did through Jesus? You already be nice. What, what we have done? We make everybody equal, so everywhere will be calm. You know, you're so nice. You just, everything, just, God just be bam, bam, and all of that. And the truth of the matter is that sometimes, man wisdom, to you, it might be like, eh, now, it's not bad now, because this is your God. He's wicked one kind. 
Why, why will you wipe out civilizations? Why will you do this? If it's me, I'll be nice. I won't do like that. Everybody, calm down. Listen to my voice. Until man will shame you. There is no permutation. There is no, there is no think tank that, that could have come up with the plan that God did in, in, in what he did in Jesus that could trump what God is doing. There is none. No matter how appealing it sounds to your ear. And when it, at, it sounds appealing to your ear, that's, that's one of the points I'm trying to make. Understand that the thing that is framing your mind and how you um, understand some of these ideologies is your cultural, local context. That's why you feel like uh -uh, we, everybody should just be nice. If you are like Joanna, or if you are a tyrant like Daniel. No free will. See, I'm, I said it. If you are like Daniel, what is a free will? My friend, all of you, robots. When I say jump, you say how high? Everybody with their, that's man's wisdom. And if you had left man to display his power, that's why, think of, let me, let me give you one last suggestion that can even maybe get to your head. Um, of which this is even still a little bit influenced by Judeo-Christian values, as P. Sam will say. Think about all the superhero movies you've watched. That's the best example you can use for how man would have gone about saving the world. Think about all of it, whether it's Superman, Thor, Iron Man, all of that. All the nice, nice story. They will now come. They will beat them. They will now come. They will now go back and like this. I am inevitable. Bam. <laughs> that's, that's man's best. Just think, because that's all, all of these movies are a display of man's creativity and how, my, how, and how men think. No, those are the things, that, and of which, to be honest, there are parts of it that are still influenced by Judeo-Christian values. Let me give you the best one to know how man thinks. Think, go and watch, go and read um, folklore before Christ. How many of you have ever gone to read all those folklore of Zeus and um, um, even the okay Yoruba, okay yeah, even the Yoruba ones of how chicken was scratching the earth. Uh, let me see which other. I don't, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the Chinese, um, the Asian ones. Go and read folklore to understand how men were thinking about how they would do things. Because if you know, whether you know, Zeus and all of all those things are gods made in man's image. Sure, you know. Those are man made gods. It's in their imagination. It's men that sat down to make all of all those things. If you think about how they would have gone about doing all of it, and some of those Zeus stories are, are very twisted, man. Like, really weird stuff. But that's the best man could do because that's, those are expressions of man's creativity. Those are expressions of man's wisdom. But when God was going to do what he was going to do, one would have thought that when Jesus wants to come to the earth like this, all the angels will first come, ha, you want to bam, bam. They will now do procession, like when you want to enter for a wedding. The first angels, the biggest one, then they will now be going like that. Then Jesus will now come. All of all those things is wisdom influenced by men. But there is a wisdom of God. Remember we started with the power of God. And now we have gone to the wisdom of God. These two concepts are concepts that I'm trying to renew our mind in line with the scripture of what they mean. There is the power of God and there is the wisdom of God. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians. Um, I'm going to read again from verse 27. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Shame, shame to the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Again, what are we defining as power? What are we defining as wisdom? Versus what God's definition of power and wisdom is. 
God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. None of you can tell God that it's me that gave you the idea. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. If you had left it to man, like I said, the best example you can use are examples of folklore. You will never have seen the righteousness, the holiness, and the redemption. Everything God planned. Therefore, as it is written, let, no, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Let your wisdom, your definitions of wisdom and power be in the Lord. Hallelujah. Just to, I'm just going to anchor here for a bit. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It's because of him you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. The wisdom of God, the message of Christ, the gospel. So we are going back to where we started. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Most times when we think, let me not say we, Sha. When we think about the gospel of Christ, do we realize how powerful it is? That's why we need to renew our minds for what we define as power. Because the gospel of Christ is the power of God. Inherent in it is the power of God. The gospel of Christ is the heaven-backed, God-ordained, God-ordered plan. It is the wisdom and the power of God. It is not a man-made plan so that nobody can boast. It is the plan of God. And guess what? It will sound foolishness. It will sound like foolishness to the people of the world. But to you who are being saved, it is not. Oh. I hope you know that. To you who are being saved, it is not. But it's going to sound like foolishness to the people of the world. That's why they couldn't recognize it. Because had they known, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. If they had recognized God's power at work, they wouldn't have done what they did. The best example to explain everything I've been saying, which is what I'm trying to say, is the message of Christ. If everybody knew what was going on, or let me say if the principalities and powers, if Satan knew what God was trying to achieve, he would have stopped it. But that was the wisdom of God and the power of God at work. Everything that Jesus did, from willing him to come from prophesying, from all of that, was the power of God at work. If you were in Bethlehem, right, let's do some time travel. Let's say we are in Bethlehem. AD, okay, AD is after dominion. So let me see. This would be BC 33, the year Jesus was born. And we were all in Bethlehem and things like that. We would have just been going about our day to day. Just in, ah, what's the latest from... Bethlehem, ah, this person's mama, this person has given better. But the power of God was at work. People didn't, okay, well, there were people who recognized it. Which goes back to the first point I was trying to make. Most times, we only want to equate the power of God into things that look like Thor. Somebody powerful that will just come if I carry Joanna with one hand like this. Power! But the power of God was at work when Jesus was on earth. The power of God was at work when God was orchestrating Jesus' coming. The wisdom of God was at work there. That's why we need to renew our minds as to what we call the wisdom and the power of God. Again, I'm not saying that the power of God is not working in the supernatural. God, Jesus did signs and wonders all the time. He went about healing them that were oppressed. But the power of God was also at work when Mary, when uh, Joe started toasting Mary. And then something happened. And uh, it's not just when angel came to tell Mary, uh, fear not, that God's power was at work. No. Everything has started. When you read the beginning of Matthew and it starts telling you the genealogy of Christ, that is the power of God at work. That is also the power of God at work. When 
People were just walking normally. God knows how Mary and Joseph, maybe they did not even toast each other. Maybe it was family members that did. Uh, Come, this is your wife. Whatever you want to call it. From the foundations of the world, that is equally the power of God. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? In the day-to-day, which is why I need you to recognize that in your day-to-day, how Uncle Sheer met Aunt Ifaim, and how whoever met Kayode that made him, that invited him to TEC, and how Judah Flourish found his way to this place. The power of God is at work. The power of God is at work. One of the best words I can use to describe it is the endless creativity of God. Where despite your free will, the will of God is working itself. Despite the free will of men that have lived since the foundation of the world, God was orchestrating the birth of Christ. That is also the power of God. Equally in the rising of the sun, equally in the raising of the dead, equally in the feeding of the 10,000, the power of God in the different things that, we are, that are happening, that is the power of God at work. Are we together? That is also the wisdom of God at work. Hallelujah. That is also the wisdom of, of God at work. If, because men, what are you telling me? The Pharisees and so that would have found them. Pharisees then, they were your intellectual Twitter of, the, of that day and time. I'm sure if they want to, if they were tweeting for you, then the team would like a tread. And then they would just start doing. If they had recognized the wisdom that was at work, that God was working amongst men, how would they have behaved? That was the power and the wisdom of God equally at work. And I'm saying all these things I'm saying for you to understand something. It is very important that you do not diminish the message of Christ. The gospel is not some nice sounding thing we come to do on Sunday so that we are not bored at home. I don't even know what you view it as. The gospel is the power of the maximally great being at work. That was God's plan all along to reconcile you to him. That is why you must never be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Let me take it up a notch. If you really believe what I'm saying, if you really understand that there is a potential in you worked out, orchestrated and ordained by the creator of the heaven and the earth, if you are convicted of it, how would you live your life and how will you express it to other people? If you have a message and you know something that God, and I'm not talking of Thor or Superman or Father Christmas. I'm not talking of an ideology because there's a new thing that people are trying to almost equate Jesus to something like Gandhi, like one of those nice men that came on earth that just had a movement. You know, he was a very, what's the word now? Articulate, charismatic person. And so he's just in the, in the was up group of Martin Luther King and Co. <laughs> and you don't understand that, that was God walking amongst men. If you have this understanding that this is God at work and the gospel, the message of Christ is God's wisdom and God's power, how will you communicate it? If you have that knowledge, let me use some examples. Let's say I know that I have some kind of gist that, no, that I know that see, eh, there's something called Bitcoin that in another five years, one of, uh, what's the worth of Bitcoin now? How much is one Bitcoin? Five, $25 million. $25 million naira. One Bitcoin. 
right? Ah, so I'm using money now. Pastor say I'm materialistic. You people will get the example, don't worry. Let's say I have one gist that one Bitcoin in another five years is going to be what? Let me not even use Naira, $25 million. One. One Bitcoin. And I know where they are selling it now for like 25 Naira. I said it's 25 Naira now. It's going to be worth $25 million in another five years. And I have that information. Like, like I know where they are selling Like these um, guys outside that are on bike, they are selling it by the corner there. And I loved all of you. And I came here. What would you expect me to do? What am I supposed to do? If I'm not a demon. I've already, I've first collected my own now. Now I've first collect. I've collected my own. What am I supposed to do if I come here and I see all of you? Ah, you people are wicked. What will you do if it's you? What will you do? Everybody. When you now finish telling everybody here, what's the next thing you do? Go and call all your family members. Go on. Give me another example. How many of you? Fuel. <laughs> next thing, you see one new filling station that is se selling clean, not dirty one, premium fuel. Zero Q. Like they have, let's say they have 50 polling boots. And as they come, the team, the filling, this thing, the, the pump fills at how many liters per second. So your tank will be full in like two minutes. So people are just buying fuel and the team. And I know that there's no time. When um, the manager comes by 6 p.m., he's closing it, and there's no queue. It's cheap, it's clean, and I have that kind of knowledge. And I come and see you, and you're still hustling how you get to work tomorrow. What are you supposed to do? I trust you, people that have carried your phone and stayed with you. That's the first thing. You will now tell everybody. Then some sharp people will go and buy to resell. Glory to God, you cannot resell the message of Christ. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm careful about analogies, not to equate them. But you get what I'm saying. If you understand what gospel is, there's something it will move you to do. That gospel is Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, Christ coming to earth to, re to reconcile us. It's not a folktale. That is the only way man will be saved. There is no other plan. There is absolutely no other plan. There is no other plan for man. We forget about it. There is no thought that is coming to save. There is no gospel 2.0. There is no... When Jesus comes again, what is he coming for? When Jesus comes again, what is he coming for? Coming to pack his people. So if you understand that, how will you behave? Some people, let me not say some of you, not some of you. Some people are more eager to share other things, like the examples I gave, than to share the fact that I know something. And this thing I know is actually the power of God and the wisdom of God at work. The message of Christ, if truly you believe and you are convinced about it, there's a certain restlessness that it, there's a way it is supposed to move you to behave. To tell everybody around you that there's something I know that you there's, there's one gist, you need to hear it. This will literally save you. Let me tell you people now, life is fleeting. I know I sound like all those... Uh, <laughs> How many of you went to body house? How many of you in your body house, your chapel... Um, prefect was always dreaming that Jesus Christ came and only two people went to heaven. <laughs> always, in my own, my own the body house school I went to, they were always dreaming that only two. And it's only, always the chapel prefect and one other person. <laughs> no other person used to go to heaven. <laughs> I know I sound like that now, right? But this is what I, I, I came here to encourage you about. That the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. So you must never be ashamed about it. One. I need to say after me, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Because it is the power of God 
unto salvation. The second thing I came to let you know is that inherent in the gospel, and forget, and like I said, it will sound like foolishness to some people, but to those, it won't sound like foolishness to you. It must not sound like foolishness to you. Right? If it sounds like foolishness to you, please come, let's just some more. It will sound like foolishness to people because like we've established, it's the people of this world that have their ideologies and their context formed by things of the world. It will sound like foolishness to them, but it doesn't sound like foolishness to you. Okay? And because you know that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation and you are not ashamed of it, that's the first part. The second part is, you are going to preach this gospel. You are going to preach this gospel. There's, you have to. Like, you can't hear this kind of stuff and you just keep it in your pocket. It's almost telling. It's like, is it that you don't believe what you heard? Or is there, are you, is there something more you are waiting for to happen? Nothing more is going to happen. This is God's plan at work. This is God's power at work. There's, like, there's no plan B. There's no 2.0. There's nothing else. And if you have that understanding, the next thing you're going to do is you're going to open your mouth and you're going to proclaim it to everybody around you. You cannot love somebody and not preach the gospel to them. You just can't. Like, I don't get it. You wouldn't want me to do that to you, would you? If I found out that there was, and I, again, not to equate it, found out that there was fuel somewhere, I will now not give you gist. And then tomorrow you, you can't get to work or you're struggling or something like that. You can't even put on generator for you to for small breeze to blow you in the night. In the same vein, you will preach it. So I need you to say after me, I will preach this gospel. Because I believe it is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. That's my message today. So that is the potential of force that moves. That's all that's that's you know I told you I, I I just put the nice name to get your attention. That's my message to you. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And I need you to understand something else. I will close with this. That inherent in this gospel, the gospel that you preach, is a power to save man. And if you understand that, that should also encourage you to preach. That I'm not coming to tell people air. Like, I'm not coming to preach something that is not substanti substantiated. Do you understand? What I'm coming to tell you is something worth more than gold. It's something valuable. What I'm coming to communicate to you is something valuable. I'm trying to avoid using the word the knowledge I'm trying to tell you because it's more than that. It's the wisdom of God. It's the power of God. You need to understand it. And that should give you some kind of confidence. That this is not all those gist that I heard from someone, I heard from someone, I heard from someone. So I'm not really sure about it. You know all those type of things that I'm not sure it's like, I'm not sure it's like I heard, but I don't know. Mm -mm. This is God's plan at work. This is God's wisdom and power at work. So inherent in the gospel that you are communicating is a power so you always need to be mindful of it. That was why I first started, first started this by trying to explain that, yes, we see power in the supernatural. But this is also a display of God's power. And it's not something we should trump. By trump, I mean like toss aside. Because it is equally powerful. The message of Christ is powerful. And it's something that you know. So you have a power that you need to communicate to people. And you must. There is no other way. There is nobody else that is going to do it. There is no other plan. So you know something that some people don't know. Please, you must be eager to communicate it. And you must be encouraged to communicate it. Communicate it with your chest because you know that it is sure banker. You are 100% sure about it. And if you are not 100% sure about it, then let's have a conversation. But if you're 100% sure about it, communicate it with the assurance that it is indeed the power of God. Hallelujah. It's raining, so we'll start part two. Where are you going? Praise God. That's my message for today.
Uh, can we rise? And let's take some time to pray. Let's take some time to pray. And um, I just need you to pray for yourself. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. For more updates on our programs and audio messages, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at This Excellent Church. God bless you. Hey.